G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25 years old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with Luke Wilson, who works with an incredible Christian ministry called Fishers of Men, working with people with addictions, does a lot of street ministry, and we've got him on the line right now. Uh, welcome along, Luke. Tell us a bit of your story. Where were you born and raised? Oh, I was born in um, Brisbane, Queensland, Australia. Lived there most of my life. You know? Of course, I backpedaled and um, I went on the wrong track and destroyed my life. But um, God had a different plan. He brought me back into his purpose, into his plan, and uh, led me to a great ministry called Fishers of Men. And I've been working with them now for the th- for three years. You know, well, basically two years because one year I was in the program. But two years I've been helping them, being a support worker and a leader and helping all the other boys. And Wonderful, mate. We're going to find out a bit more about Fishers of Men shortly, but tell us a bit about your upbringing. Did you have, like, a religious upbringing at all? No, I can't say I had a religious upbringing, even though my parents were, um, they sort of had the Roman Catholic sort of past, but they didn't follow the, in the ways, you know. Uh, she was you know, away from the faith, but I was really away. Uh, my mum was a tarot card reader, and, um, yeah, they were dealing drugs, you know, and stuff like that, you know, so they were drug dealers and they kept everything else away from us children, but um, me being me, inquisitive, and I was a little thieving little brat going looking for my birthday and Christmas presents and I was buying weed and, you know, so I started that at a very young age and it destroyed my life, you know, but, um, yeah, I don't blame them, I blame my own stupidity because I was the one who actually opened myself up to that, you know, and, a lot of people might blame them, but I could never blame my parents. You know, it actually tells you in the Bible to honour your parents, you know. And um, so, yeah, that's what I do. I honour them now, and um, I thank them. For they try to do with us children, but we just went the wrong way in life, and we wanted it all to be our way, you know what I mean? And, um, it can't be that. You know, it's a two-way street, and, you know, we have to love our parents, and they have to love us, yeah, and they did love us, but they're loving us the right way. They taught us, you know, not to thieve, not to steal, you know, not to use drugs, you know, all that kind of stuff, but... Um, I think yeah, a lot of people can say hypocrisy when they're doing the same thing, you know, but um, they did try, they tried their best and I was disobedient and wanted to run around and do my own thing, hurting people, bashing people and yeah, just had no respect for authority and it was all about me, I was a very selfish person. Yeah, I praise God that now he's waking me up to that and I went from not knowing God to hating God, so if you're hating something, you know it has to be real. Then from that, I actually you know, became a warlock. But back in 2006, in one of because I've been in that jail for 18 years, 2006, I was in Arthur Guy Correctional Centre in B2, Unit B2, and 
he was his Christian, so he was actually in there for murder. Right? But here he is preaching the Bible to me every day, and um, I'm there telling him, get it in my face, you know, a lot of vulgar language and that, but, you know, tell him to get away from me. You know, otherwise they're going to kick his guts in. But um, he kept persevering, you know, and um, I was weak at the time. I took the opportunity. I seen his back turn, so I set him on fire. Well, praise God, you know, when I turned around, the fire's out. You know, I look back at it now, and I believe it was the Lord put it out. Well, I only just found out on Sunday, you know, so I left church. I got to Rema Family Church in Springwood. I left church, and I was driving out the street, and one of my brothers came around the corner, so I was waved to him, you know, and another car behind him, and both cars pulled up on the side of the road. Well, something told me I had to do a U-turn. So I've done a U-turn, I just drove straight back into the church car park, and my mate jumped out of the car, gave him a hug. Yeah, and next minute the other fellow jumped out of his car. I'm going, I know you. And yeah, my mate Robbo was going, yeah, that's Phil, he's a lifer. And straight away I was taken back, I'm like, oh no. And he turned around and Phil's asked me, he's going, where do you know me from? I've gone, Arthur Gore Correctional Center, 2006, Unit B2. I've gone, I was the one who set you on fire. Straight away, you know, and I was crying and um, I just asked for his forgiveness, you know, and seeked his forgiveness and he forgave me. He gave me a big hug and um, he told me the true story of what actually happened. I thought, yeah, God put the fire out. But it was actually himself. He actually put the fire out himself with his hand. He put his hand behind his back, put it out. Well, it was an island jumper, so it was plastic all stuck to his hand. Well, lo and behold, we've all gotten locked down. It wasn't because of that incident, it was because of another incident. We've gotten locked down in the cell, and he's in the cell, and he's wrapped his hand. And his, mind you, it's got plastic all over it, you know, and it's burning. So he's wrapped his hand with a cloth, and he's there just praying. He's laying prostrate, praying to God, praying and praying and praying. Well, the Lord, he felt the fire burn through his hand. And it wasn't the fire from the actual flames, you know, from the burn. It was the Holy Spirit fire. When he took the cloth off his hand, his hand was healed, praise God. Uh. Yeah, but yeah, it was just amazing that he was able to actually forgive me for my stupidity. And because um, it's one of my stupid claim to phones, you know, like I've been told people, you know, before I was a Christian, I used to bash them. I used to, you know, that's who I used to be. I, I didn't like anyone coming and tell me what to do. You know, they didn't tell me about faith, you know. Don't tell me about faith, you know, because I had faith in all the wrong things, you know. I thought I knew everything, you know. And, um, but, yeah, I praise God that you've got people like that who speak into people's lives and, you know, in the long run, God's going to bring it to fruition. You know, I just praise God that he's, yeah, mm-hmm. he's helped me to see the errors of my, my ways and he's... He's teaching me the right way in life, and it's beautiful. Well, mate, it's been an amazing story of transformation. Um, yeah. let, let's go back to your conversion experience. How, how did you come to Christ? I came to Christ by, okay, so I was a drug dealer. So I used to be a neighbourhood dope dealer, and now in front of a neighbourhood hope dealer. But um, when I was dealing drugs, I didn't have jail, and just get back to the same thing. And um, I got blessed with the jail sentence back in 2017. First was actually a drug raid, so I got raided in Kingston, it was like, I don't know, the Lord actually stopped me from reloading, you know, so, because I never had under 10 pound of weed, never had under an ounce of rock, you know, so I, I you know, all my guns were gone, everything like that, so I had no guns or nothing like that, and um, just had my swords were sharpened up. But, yeah, I was down to my last three quarters of weed, which is weird, you know, I'd always, you know, load up as soon as I had, you know, only a pound left. But the rock would always have that reloaded, but I only had about an eight ball left for the 3.5 grams, and three quarters is, you know, what it's, that's about... 21 grams, you know, so I had that left and someone rang me up for an ounce and I told him, well, I've only got 
Waters, they can come and get that. Well, it's taken them a bit long, usually only about five, ten minutes, you know, but it took them at least, you know, half hour. I'm thinking, what's going on here, you know? Something's going on. And I knew if you had anything over three point five or over two grams of rock, they can actually get you for supply. So I thought, okay, bang, I'll get that under two grams, you know, bang, so I mixed up a shot. And um, as I was about to put the shot away, I heard footsteps at my bedroom door and, yeah, bang, 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 is the police. You know, Luke Benjamin Wilson, we've got a search warrant for you. Uh, to search his premises. Bang, just quickly put the shot away, threw the needle in the bin, and, yeah, I've gone, come in. You know, they've got anything to clear, I've gone before he was coming, can I just grab this out of the bin? They're going, yeah, not a problem. Put the, put the cap on, I put in the shafts. No, fine, usually they'll charge you, but they didn't, you know. And they've got anything else to clear, I've gone, yeah, me rocks in the um, black pouch there on the bed, and I've gone, here's me quarters, you can have that too, you know. So they've got me weed, got me ice. And yeah, then it was just a blessing from there because I got out of that house and I ended up going on the streets and I stole um, a gun off bikers, so they wanted me blood. Well, lo and behold, the 8th of April 2017, I ended up getting locked up. Threatening violence, GBH, a lot of crimes that I've done. Um, well, it was actually loaded fire in public. Um, yeah, threatening violence, serious assault, assault occasion, bullying, harm. Possession, possession of explosives, which is bullets. But yeah, lo and behold, um, and I'm getting locked up, of course, on the 18th of April 2017. Well, the 23rd of April, I'm there training in the watch house. I'm there down on my hands and knees, um, well, actually doing push ups. And lo and behold, I've just heard this audible voice. You should not fear them, for Lord your God, I will fight for you. I've stood up and looked behind me, nothing there. I'm just thinking I'm a crackhead going mental. I just blew it off, got back down, I'm dead doing diamond push-ups. Next minute, same word, more power, more authority. You should not fear them, for Lord your God, I'll fight for you. Every hair on my body stood up, got this warm sensation over me. I've had to ask a question. I've gone, who are you? He's gone, I'm your Lord, you want to change, leave me your heart and I'll change you. And from that day forward, I got delivered from alcohol, got delivered from drugs, got delivered from even tobacco. I started preaching love, peace, you know, and um, but first of all, got my head jumped all over. God actually even warned me about that, that I was actually going to get the beating. And um, I believe that I deserve, but I do now, now know that no one deserves a beating, no matter what, no matter what they've done. But um, So this biker, when I got to Brisbane Correctional Centre on the 28th of April 2017, He's walking out of the and I'm walking in, being escorted in, and uh, straight away he shook my hand. Yeah. He's gone, Luke, like Scotty, how are you? He's gone, we'll be talking as soon as you get back, right? I've gone, yes, when I'm looking down at my hand because he's shaking my hand. In the in the 1% world, if you actually shake you know, someone's hand, you can't go along and bash them, you know what I mean? Because business is done, deal's done. It all boils down to honour, loyalty, and respect. But in, these world, in this world, there's none of it. Yeah. But lo and behold, he's gone to a visit, he's came back from visit time to get in the laundry. I said, listen, I'm not fighting no more. My fine days are over. And he's gone, okay, I'm going to jump all over your head. I'm going, that's what you're going to do. You're going to do that, you know. So he's put three of his best on me. And I just stood there and smiled at him. and gone, that's the best you got. You better go. Yeah, but um, his most dragged because the officers were about to come out. So he's gone in the exercise yard. And I'm going, made myself coffee. And I walk out in the exercise yard. Well, he's just, you know, came straight up towards me. He's gone, what a joke, get in the laundry. I'm going to jump all over your head. I've drowned on, that's what you're going to do. Do it. I'm going to have to kill you. I've drowned on, that's what you're going to do. Just do it, mate. Yeah, but how about this one? You just shake my hand. You put three of your best on me. What are you, a coward? Yeah, where's your phenomenon? Or are you a coward? No, that's what basically all called him. He lost the plot. Took him over 18 hits to drop me. So, um, when I actually, when I was dropping, he put knees into my head. And then he jumped all over my head. 
Meanwhile, back in 2013, I got told by doctors one more hit in the head. I was dead. I was in my head burst from balcony in 2008, 2013. I bashed my best mate's young. So lo and behold, here I was in jail and I started, yeah, getting me King James Version Bible. Started reading that. I started preaching love, started preaching peace and um, telling people there was another way. And the only way to go is Jesus. And um, yeah, like if people judged me, people condemned me. But my true brothers had me back, you know. A lot of people wanted to come at me, but um, crew brothers who yeah, knew me, they've actually turned around and gone, we've got your back if anyone comes for you. They have to go through us. Oh, yeah, thank you. But yeah, I just changed my whole life. And so I spent a year in jail just studying the Bible. Um, I wrote it out. Um, I wrote most of it out. I've already written the New Testament. I'm up to number 17, the Old Testament. And just been writing that. I've been on a bit of a break at the moment. I haven't written any more of it, but um, I'll start getting back into that. Well, mate, it's, it's a great testimony. Through of what God's done in your life, and now you're helping others get out of that lifestyle yes, with Fishers of Men. Yeah. Tell us what, what you do with Fishers of Men. Well, with Fishers of Men, I actually uh, feed the homeless. Um, so twice a week with them, I actually go out and feed the people in need uh, in Logan. And we've got another uh, sect that actually does the city area. Uh, so does uh, Brisbane City, all the homeless in there. But uh, we've also got uh, two rehabilitation centres. We call them discipleship houses, but other people in the world might call them rehabs. So we actually raise people the word of God to make, you know, make disciples because you know, what Jesus told us is to go preach the gospel to all nations, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Ghost. So that's what they do. They actually disciple people and uh, bring them out of their addictions and give them a foundation on the rock of Christ. So it's beautiful to see that people actually grow and they actually hand their life to him and they go forward and um, they make it, you know. I've seen people go to Bible college and you know, they're still going to Bible college and they're doing well, you know. Seeing others go out and they get married, you know, and they start a family. And it's just beautiful to see what God can do in people's lives. You know, the way I said, no one's too lost to be saved and no one's too broken, you know, no one's too broken, you know, and because um, God will restore all, no matter what. He's the only one who can. Well, we land on our own strength and it's always going to fail us, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we just have to put our trust in, trust in Him and we'll receive. But, um, We've got a furniture ministry too at Fishers of Men where we help uh, people in need with furniture. I've done a little bit of furniture, but I'm more the uh, food drop-off as well and more a support worker for the first stage house, the rehab. So I'm a leader in the second stage house, but yeah, with the first stage house, I'm um, the support worker there. You go help out and at the moment down in Brainley, helping one of the brothers out with a court case. Yeah, um, just trying to get things to come to the light and you know it's going to happen you know, because I believe our God is in control. He's sovereign God and all things have come to light, but Bobby and Bremwin, which is the men are beautiful people. They've got a heart for the lost, and they've been doing this for over 17 years now. Just what they've seen and what they've done is just amazing. And um, God just continues to open up doors, and we keep praying for him to open more because we want to see many more people saved, and I believe that will come to pass. I believe this is the year of the Spirit moving through every every church, every building, every, and we are the church. You know, so it's moving through us all. And, all bring us into unity. And when brethren build together in unity, commands a blessing. Yeah, well, Luke, it's so good to hear the passion in your voice. And we know that um, your testimony is a is evidence of a God that loves us and that can transform any life. Your mess has become your message, mate. It's an amazing testimony. Luke, I yep. reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, man. God bless you and you have a beautiful day, mate. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. 
History Makers is a faith-based ministry, and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater, and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 